welcome. Step right in. Take a look around. I promise that no matter who you are, we've got something here for you. Think of any creature, any companion, any friend. We've got it. It's our business to provide to you our valued customer. Anything that you could possibly think of. Anything at all. So, think real hard. Because we've got all that and more here at Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. Griffin. Oh, yeah. Do, do you hear it? What? What is it? Sleigh bells. Because <gasps> it's Christmas. Hey. hey. Da, 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 da. Ho, 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 I suppose. Ho, ho. Ho, 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 ho. I hope you're enjoying <laughs> the coldness while we're here down in the, in the B-Tri, mm. hanging out for a nice tropical Christmas, coming to you on ah. Christmas Day. On, <laughs> on actual Christmas Day. Which is... Buck wild when you think about it. Hey, it really is. Look how timelines uh, work out. Anyway, hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. I am Zach. I'm Griffin, and we're doing something just a little different today. Uh, it's largely going to be the stuff that you've expected, but um, we can we can get into that in a second. Um, I, I'm, I'm. It's Christmas. Like it's Christmas. And we're, I guess I'll say right out of the gate, we're not doing a Christmas episode like we did last year, but uh, I would recommend you go all the way back to, like, episode four, I think it was, it like, is, episode four, I think. Where we did a Christmas episode that was pretty fun. Um, I'm pretty sure that was our first, like, themed episode ever. I think so, because we talk about some... We take some D&D monsters and work them into being Christmas creatures. I was just speaking with um, friend of the show and Ghostlight colleague Ryan Halfhill the other day about mm-hmm. he he has completely bought into the Frosty the Snowman as a Lich, Lich theory. Lich theory? Uh, yes. So. <laughs> Very good Lich theory. If you want to hear all about that, go check out that episode. Uh, I, I believe it is episode four. That I would make so. sense. And uh, yeah. So yeah, we as Griffin said, we are not doing a, a Christmas episode per se. It's just... Um, this uh, past weekend, a very fantastic series um, based on a book series and a video game series that I know you're a big fan of, Griffin, and oh, you yes. also got me into, which is oh, yes. The, Witcher, the uh, Witcher, the television series debuted on Netflix, and we figured, why not curtail on that there publicity yep. and do a little bit about it ourselves. <laughs> the SEO for Witcher is just so hot right now, and we'd be yeah. fools not to. Not, not, not to jump on that there bandwagon. Um, for the time being. But I'm, let's just say I've got my jumping shoes on. There we go. Amazing. <laughs> yes, I'm ready to do a whole lot of rolls, some heavy attacks, and then mm-hmm. a whole lot more rolls. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Drinks, drink a, a Thunderbolt potion. A Thunderbolt, yeah. And uh, fire, <laughs> make sure my quen is up. Exactly. Before I, yeah. before I go wild. And I did read get, the bestiary beforehand. Yeah. Yep, and yes. I know this thing's vulnerable to fire, so I've got Igni and Dancing Star on standby. Definitely. If you want to slow it down, maybe a little accent. Anyway, Anyway. if you don't know what we're talking about, (laughs) welcome. And we're sorry for alienating. That's okay. Um, So I guess guess a brief synopsis to the world of The Witcher um, before we get into this. Because we've touched on it before. We touched on it back in the Griffins episode. Yes. But a a sort of quick uh, elevator pitch about the world of The Witcher, which is just known as The Continent. 
Yes. The the part of the world that the game and the books take place in that surrounds Geralt, the titular witcher, is just called the continent. It's an unnamed continent. Continent. So it's just called the continent. I love it. Um, but witcher is very much a low magic kind of world, despite there being a shit ton of magic. There's just so much magic, you guys. <laughs> but it's one of those that, like, you get this feeling when you play the games especially, that, like, your your character, Geralt, is exposed to it constantly, but to the common village people, yeah, magic is still something feared as, like, witchcraft and heresy. Yeah, so definitely. It's, it's that weird mix there, because the whole world is infested with these different kinds of monsters, and that's why mm-hmm. witchers were made. They're essentially like, they're kind of like super soldiers in a way, yeah. where they're people who were given extensive training and went through really fucking intense alchemical trials to turn them into superhumans, and for the express purpose of killing monsters. Definitely. They're what, they're, their eyes are altered, they are made barren, which is very, very... Yeah. Sad. And yeah, what superhuman senses and yeah. strength and ability Speed. and uh and minor access to magic. Yes, they get very limited magical capabilities to assist them. They get the ability to signs. Mm-hmm. They get the ability to ingest their biology is changed so they can ingest these potions that are just poisonous to normal people. Like they're yes, just no. they're just anthrax to normal humans. Now, if you're up on that uh, that Forgotten Realms uh, sort of uh, speak, they are, I believe, the the source material for where Blood Hunters became. Largely, thing. yeah. Yes. I know that um, that was a big inspiration behind the Blood Hunter mentality. Yes. And in terms of the world itself, there was an event. Witcher likes to, again, despite being kind of low magic, like low fantasy, there's some, like, they already have a multiverse theory going on. Yeah. Because the whole reason monsters monsters exist in this world is that this world and another hyper magical world very briefly Venn diagrammed with each other in an event known as the Convergence of the Spheres. Whoa. And it dropped a bunch of magic and monsters into an otherwise very normal medieval Dark Ages style world. And then, Oops. boom. We need, they needed a play, someone to answer that call to fight all these things off, and thus witchers were made. And so someone decided to subject a bunch of small boys to terrible trials, and thus witchers were born. Oh, Geralt, the things you have seen. I think I remember a stat, this may have been in the game, that, like, only, like, three out of ten boys survive. Oh, the, yeah, the, yeah. Like, that was also... Trial of the Grasses. It was said uh, in the in the TV series, yes. You know, that the TV series came out, I believe, Friday the, 20, the 20th, and I have watched it all already. And see, Filming, I, I have this. not, but I've played yeah. through Witcher 3... I think three times now. It's a very good game. It's a great game. Oh, it's a very good game. Uh, but but enough about yes. that. <laughs> what you came here for, folks, is monsters, and that's mm-hmm. what we're here. We're not sorry, creatures, not monsters. Well, they're I'm corrected. They're kind they're pretty of, monstrous. They're pretty monstrous in this in this world. Yes. Uh, so the Witcher. Yeah, it's not all of them are are very cuddly and can be reasoned with. A lot of them are just monsters. So if you're in the market for just monsters, let us know. <laughs> Anyway, but let's there are, dive there are, in. Yeah, there are exceptions, but yeah, we can touch on that as we go. Rad. So, the first one that we have for you all, our lovely customers, is something that 
I think is just indicative of the kind of world we're talking about. They're called Neckers. Yes. N-E-K-K-E-R. And you want to tell us why they're called a, ne- a Necker? I honestly have no idea. Oh, I thought it was because they got the weird, like, big, floppy... I mean, I guess they do like, have that. I don't really know if that's because that's where their namesake comes from, but... Um, so a Necker is a monster uh, under the classification of an ogreoid, which I guess means they're kind of related to ogres. ogres. Yeah, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. They're pretty small. They're probably like only three or f- maybe four feet tall. Mm-hmm. Um, have this often kind of dark, muddled skin, sometimes lighter gray, sometimes darker brown. Um, just kind of red orbs for eyes, or sometimes white. Depends on yeah. your picture that I'm looking at right now. <laughs> yeah, they're they're they are red for me. They're just kind. They've got big old claws, big nasty claws, and they're yeah, bipedal. this weird bipedal. Thank you. And yeah, just this weird kind of like sag of loose flesh around their around like their neck. neck. Yeah, their chin yeah. neck zone, and they're just kind of shitty. <laughs> They're just kind of shitty in general. Oh man, they're they're one of the more common nuisances as far as like monster attacks go. Yeah. Um, they're primitive. They are are pack creatures. They exist in large packs, often hunt mm-hmm. in packs. They are inhabits wildernesses, wooded areas, for near forest villages. Animals give their nests a wide berth. They do they do kind of form tribes, I guess, in a sense. Just so that they can fend off other threats because they're a strength in numbers kind of thing. Yeah. It actually says in one of the bestiary entries, uh, a lone necker is harmless. Five are dangerous. Ten can kill even a veteran monster slayer. So that kind of shows their, their ferocity and their pack tactics a little bit. Definitely. Um, now, they, they're, they're burrowing creatures too, yes? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They have the ability to burrow. So imagine... Ten of those things just bursting out of the ground around you. Yeah, it's not pleasant. That's for damn sure. It would be madness. Madness. Worse still is when there arises a particularly large and powerful Necker that is... They're dubbed warriors. And they kind of become de facto uh, chiefs, essentially, Mm -hmm. of of the clan, or at least like war chiefs. And they will adorn their faces with, like, red clay and stuff to mark their status. And if you can get a warrior to lead a pack of Neckers, now you're in trouble. Yeah, definitely. Now, they are susceptible to... Oh, you're prompting me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Neckers don't seem to be susceptible to... Um, any particular thing. They don't really have any defining weaknesses, so anything will work. And, I mean, anything that you can use to kind of sweep an area or, you know, explode their nests from underground, um, you've got a lot of different things that, that Neckers are susceptible to. But not getting surrounded, I guess, is your first plan. That's When you're when encountering good. a Necker. Um, running, I guess, is the second one. Because um, we are not witchers. No, we are not. We are but soft boys. Mm-hmm. Um. We are two sweet, simple soft boys. And um, it might say that one Necker is harmless to, 
you know, your 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 average adventurer. But for us, sweet soft boys, we mm-hmm. ru- we running. Oh, we gonna run. We we out. Can't can't catch me. The popo. They can't reprimand me. They can't. Um. <laughs> <laughs> now here's here's okay, Zach. We were gonna have to bridge this question eventually. Yes. Do I want a necker as a pet? I mean, I guess it depends on your your specific needs. You know <laughs> what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, if you can, like you were saying earlier, especially if you can appeal to like the the uh, warrior of the mm-hmm. neckers, that you know that that sort of general, the captain, the captain. If you can appeal to one of them, and maybe somehow get them remotely on your side, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that could be advantageous. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can set that on your enemies, and with it comes a whole tribe of other Neckers. Yeah. The um, the very good Beastie Book says that Neckers are not gifted with great courage, <laughs> <laughs> and individuals will often hesitate before overcoming their fear and striking. That's kind of where the warrior comes in, largely, just mm-hmm. to be something to follow. So, maybe, yeah, breaking breaking them apart in terms of getting like little individuals to bend to your cause. Mhm. Be your buddy. That could be helpful. However, one singular necker may not be the the best investment. Well, what if I'm what if I'm not looking for a war tribe? What if I'm just looking for a buddy? Because I mean, of the I, few creatures we have on our list today, I feel like these are the only ones I could reasonably keep in my house and be okay with. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, that, that's fair. We do have a lot of a, a, a lot of bullshit coming next. So, <laughs> so, so I, like, I can see your point. It, it, it will. It would just be like a, just kind of like a little a little friend to just cruise around, but still just with hanging, the, but still with the like disposition of a cat that will just knock shit off my counters. Oh man, just like. Fuck your drink. Yeah. Uh, it's to like, this day, I can't, I can't drink beverages that like don't have like a lid on them. Mm-hmm. Because you got them cat. It's a nuisance. My goddamn cat. I love her to death, but my goddamn cat. <laughs> oh, man. To just be a little, a little friend to kind of live in my house with me, <laughs> walks around on two legs, knocks shit over, chills. makes up, makes a lot of noise. Yeah, probably. Tries to dig through my carpet. A lot of ominous chirping, I would assume. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some chittering. Yes. Um, probably very lonely. Your downstairs neighbor would not be happy when no. a, a knicker comes crawling through the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking it's ground when it's not. Then I, then I got the cops called on me. Yeah. You and they the, wonder it, where it, I got such a creature. And you're like, oh, see, it's a long story. You have to understand. <laughs> I'm a proprietor of a very cool store. Oh man! All so, right, I can, okay. I'm on the Necker bandwagon. You got me. All right, I think we. I think there's something there. I think. I think there's something there. You they're got, got they're me. so weak individually. They are. They are. That's fair. And they're such cowards. <laughs> I feel like there's something you can do there. If you want the war tribe, it's there for you. If you can appeal to the Necker warrior's sense of strength and courage and money and food, probably mostly food, be like, hey, come with me. There'll be a lot of those big pieces of meat still on the bone for you. 
that you see in video games. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. I could go for a Necker. There we go. Two? Absolutely not. (laughs) But, one. Sure thing. One Necker is a home. Two is uh, a challenge. Yeah. Five is a death wish. So one's a party, three's a crowd. <laughs> yeah. Precisely. Oh, man. All right. So that is I think, Neckers. I think that's all I've got vis-a-vis Neckers. That, 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 that wraps up in a tight little bow for us. Shh, Let's uh, move on. The Ooh. next creature from the continent is called an Andriga. An Andriga is categorized as an insectoid in the good beastie book. Um <laughs> Yes, and come in a, a, a few varieties. So, Indriga are, as as their classification would call them, insectoids. So, they, you know, mm-hmm. they are chitinous, walk on, uh, I believe, six legs. Um, Pierce to uh, be, yeah. But a cross sort of between, like, a spider, but also kind of a scorpion. They kind of have a tail that kind of hooks up like a scorpion's would. Um, and they can come in kind of a fun variety of colors. You know, like blues and reds and yellows and greens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that's very nice about them, is that they're very colorful. <laughs> they're iridescent. Yes. Now, all, I believe, Andriga males are referred to as drones. Now, much like in, in sort of the insectoid world where most of, like, the grunts, the drones, are the male of the species, and as they get more powerful, those tend to be more of the, the female of the species. Mm-hmm. Now, that, 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 this says that Andriga males called drones are gluttonous creatures who only aim uh, in life is to eat, fight, and reproduce. Yet, when venturing outside their nests, these aggressive hunters attack any and every creature they come across. Hmm. So, like, yeah. So, it's, a, it's, a, it's an Amadou me kind of mentality. Yes. And don't step or else I'm going to sting you. Yeah, it says uh, that they, they live very brief lives. Uh, wow. And that culminates um, in the autumn when they fertilize the queen. Hell yeah. Yes. It says they pass the time leading to that moment protecting the colony's territory. Weaker drones, uh, drones die in battle while the largest and strongest survive. These elect individuals' genes are passed down to the next generation of intrigas. Mm. While they themselves are killed after fertilization takes place and their bodies used to feed the hive during the long winter months. Interesting. So that's the drone's life for you. It live fast, die hard. Live fast, die hard. <laughs> now, I believe the next step up would be the worker okay. of the species that are um, often, it says, found traveling in groups of a half dozen or more members, you know, out gathering things, I'm assuming, coming back. I believe they're a little beefier, mm-hmm. a little stronger than the drones are. Yes, exactly. You know, they got to do that work. Got to get work. It says they move slowly, yet when attacking, they're uh, capable of covering the distance to their victim in a blink of an eye. That's awful. So they're, they're deceptively <laughs> slow. Well, deceptively fast, I guess. Yeah. And I forget uh, if we touched on the size. They're, they're pretty sizable, right? They're pretty big. They would, I would say between a pony and, like, a large Great Dane, somewhere in that range. That's a good, that's a good scale. That sucks. Yeah. So pre- yeah. <laughs> It says, uh, like all Andrigas, are they're highly venomous, mm-hmm. have a toxic mm-hmm. bite, um, and are, was it? Oh yeah. Also, any uh, sort of wounds that are dealt just by like the spikes or claws on them 
also are seeping with poison. Oh, my God. Nice. It says they can also spew acid to great effect from a distance of several paces. Nice. That stinks. Yeah, it says their usual tactic is to surround their enemy and attack them from several sides at once. Like all insectoids, they do not suffer particularly from bleeding, yet are caused great harm by insectoid oil. Yeah. yeah. Now, this is a great thing that in the world that, that witchers learn to do is that, you know, every creature, they've got something they're susceptible, uh, susceptible to. There's the word. Got it. Yes. Um, for Indrigas, I believe it is some whatever golden oriole is. Is that a, a plant? Golden oriole is a potion. It's a, it's a potion. It's a poison like immunity potion. Gotcha. It says that they're susceptible to that and also the insectoid oil. Yeah. yeah all witchers are sort of trained in the brewing of different oils to com- that they would uh, put on their blades and weapons um, in fighting uh, various creatures. Yeah. Yeah, so, so the golden, the golden oriole would be something you drink to make the poison and the acid not hurt so bad. Oh, uh, well, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. All right. And then, let's see. <laughs> oh, popping up is the Indra- uh, ah. Indrega warrior. Warrior. There's not a lot. Yes, the warrior. I see one picture here, which is bright red, and then I see another one, which is, like, yellow and blue and gray. So, uh-huh. uh, like I said, very uh, differing in colors. Now, this one, it says its main weapon, um, that tail that it, I was mentioning earlier, mm-hmm. um, sort of develops a very club-like, spiked, oh. venomous quill-covered club on the end of that tail. Like an ankylosaur. Exactly, that it uses to bash people with. Ow. Now, they're, they're bigger, they're badder, and they're stronger. It seems like they lose sort of the front, like, pinchers as well um, in favor of the big club. Mm-hmm. So th- those kind of dumbed down and an extra set of, like, walking feats. Greater speed, greater st- stability. Greater speed, greater, exactly. Can't knock Especially this and you... over with a pail of water. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> if you could, yeah, I'd be really says, nervous. They tend to just charge opponents um, and uh, attempt to knock them over, and then um, just eat. But yeah, once they're on the ground, just uh, bludgeon them to death with their big spiky tail. And just eat. Yeah. Oh, man. Eat them up. It says that they're they're as vicious as the drones are, which is scary, because the drones are very vicious. Yeah. Um, but they with just the added danger means. of the tail. They can just do more to fuck you. Ooh, it says the tail can counter a witcher's swordplay with ease, and warriors are known to advance on an enemy with the tail first. <laughs> can you imagine this thing just scuttling backwards at you with this big tail? Well, that swinging? or it, it launching itself into almost like a front flip sort of oh. thing. And Andrew just Gustans. bringing that tail down. Oh, yeah. shit. Sweet flip. <laughs> You're fucked. Now, Indriga, uh, I now see this is where the translation between game and TV series gets confusing because I'm pretty sure that there was like an assassin who has an Indriga, but it's like a drone and it's got very sharp like sword-like pincers. And oh, with that got... being said, I'm assuming you can like tame them. Sure, because the guy tamed one. Okay, so like there is the possibility of taming one of these beasts um, and having it be your little friend. I suppose, Well, not little yeah. friend. Your big bug friend. Your big bug friend. My... Yes. My big bug friend, Charlie. Now, yeah, I don't see much information on the queen of the... queens of the species, which, honestly, I find to be a bit of a bummer. But... 
they're probably even bigger and even better. Yeah, I think we can apply the the general knowledge of Endrigas we've discussed this point, just scaling yes. it up to the queen, that and they just make more. Yes. They just make they more. Just, they just make more. Yeah. And yes. I mean I, I would assume they produce much like any other insect would in large bat what's the word I'm looking for? A large batch of yeah. Of, of larvae, yes, of, of larvae that uh, all hatch around the same time, and then suddenly you have a whole new wave of Indriga to uh, do whatever you need them to, mm. which is slightly horrifying considering their size and uh, proclivity to violence. Mm. Gross. Mm, gross, exactly. Yeah. Now, yeah. they, look, they could be cool. They tend <laughs> to live in forests. Mm-hmm. And wooded areas, and I, I think they also can burrow, much like other bugs, where they sort of can nest underground. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, they just uh, they're they're a hunters. So you were saying that like there is you you, you think there is the possibility of taming one? I think so. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the it, lower it would take level some ones. Work. For yes. sure. Catch them early. Yeah. Yeah. Have a pet. Because we've seen instances like that in um, other other realities, uh, yeah. with things like shadow mastiffs, definitely. And um, there was one we think like we just talked about in particular. It's escaping me, but yeah, these creatures that you just kind of have, and you know, if they're isolated, you can take care of them, feed them a little bit, establish a relationship, and then start working together. And what an offensive pal you would have. Oh, for my sure. My goodness. Especially if you are a, a martial person, riding an Indriga warrior into battle would oh, be fuck. granted I didn't amazing. even consider that. Yeah. All That's, you need to have is a, ni- is a nice uh, stock of golden oriole, uh, <laughs> and you should be good to go. If you slowly if you slowly start exposing yourself to Endrica venom, you will eventually develop an immunity to it. <laughs> Just like the Dread Pirate Roberts. Exactly. Exactly. With, um... Oh, what is it? Oh. What is it? Oh, I'm spacing. Shit. I'm gonna look it up. Same. Princess. Iacane. Iacane. Iacane powder. Simply built up an immunity to Iacane powder. You fool! You know, never go up against the Sicilian when, when death, death is on death the is line! On the line? What <laughs> Oh, what a movie. Anyway, Indrigas. I'm dead. They're, they're, I, can't, I can't go on the podcast. I died. Oh, Griffin's died. Okay, it's just me, everyone. Welcome to Zach and Multiversal Pet Shop. <laughs> That's right. The moment you die, I'm taking you off the placard, Griffin. I'm already gone. Oh, man, he's already gone. He can't hear me taunt him. I'm a ghost now. Ooh. Okay, well, until we figure this out, um, maybe we should we should go to a break. We're gonna, yeah, let's go to a, let's go to a commercial break, um, and we'll I'll get Ghost Griffin situated. It's Halloween um, again? No, please, no. That was not a great time. Okay, uh, commercial break, and I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Tired of normal, ordinary pet litter? Afraid to take the plunge on buying that Bahir because you're worried about those massive dukes? Your Pegasus too noble for a litter box? Then do we have the product for you, Litteraline. This magically enchanted pet litter emits a scent that matches the alignment of you or your pet. 
It magically replaces all pet stink with a personalized scent just for your alignment. Or for those picky pets, it will produce a scent so enticing they'd be ashamed not to do their business there. Maybe your nightmare steed needs a little taste of home? Try Neutral Evil Brimstone. Coatl Assistant keeps banishing its droppings to your pillow. Try Lawful Good Clean Linen. Alignments vary between pet and owner. Can't go wrong with True Neutral New Car. Or maybe your pet doesn't care and you just need something to cover that stench. Then Chaotic Neutral Bacon Grease is the litter for you. In addition... Litteraline auto-magically cleans itself every 24 hours, and you can change scents at any time with our convenient take-home transcendation packs. Call 1-800-PET-SHOP and start realigning the way your pet does business. Litteraline, a scent for all kinds. And what an ad. <laughs> oh, an ad for a product, and look, Griffin's breathing now. Oh, man, what happened? Which is don't don't take iocane powder man uh, even for a bit you, you're you're not you're not wesley you haven't built up the immunity yet yeah you're right oh beans oh beans indeed well, hey, hey you know you what i you know what about? i just realized real quick now that we're yeah. back from the ad break hopping back to endrigas what they yeah. remind me of is the yeah. things in the fire swamp the like or no, no i'm thinking of something the, else the Those rats are the R-O-U-S-S. What am yeah. I thinking of that's like a fire swamp crab thing? I don't know. All right, cut this bit. Rad scorpions. <laughs> no. <laughs> Although a Fallout app could be fun. The Fallout episode could be very fun. Oh, boy. Ugh. Okay. I'm back. I've recovered. I've finished my smoothie. Mm-hmm. And, um... Man, we got just more bullshit coming your way. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's just keep the bullshit rolling, Griff. So, um, one of my favorite critters in the continent is not really, you know, not really fun to encounter, but just thematically, they're one of my favorites. They're cool. Yeah. They're called foglets. A, fo- a-, a foglet. Uh, foglets fall under the classification of necrophages, meaning they eat dead things. Yes. Which is just grand. Great place to start. Um, a foglet has... They're, they're kind of a little similar, at least on, uh, at face value, to neckers. They are bipedal, taller, but often very hunched. Yes, um, with very long arms. Mm-hmm, have this pale complexion about them, pointed ears, no hair or fur on the body, um, kind of just a stinky face, just like a yeah, kind of a, face. a nice stank face. Yeah, and there's this weird glow about them is the thing that just kind of seems to emit uh, a, a pale light. And what, how foglets get their name is from their preferred hunting ground which is within thick fog in swamplands, in mountain passes, on river or lake shores. But if there is no fog forthcoming, they can make it themselves. They can just make their own fog cloud to hide in. Well, that's disconcerting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They can manipulate the fog to separate travelers from each other and hide their trails and deafen the noise that they make. And the, the light that they emit is used to lure people lost in the fog. So they're like a fog fangler fish. A, f- uh, a fangler fish? A fangler fish, yeah, because they got <laughs> fangs. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically. 
Um, they use the light to lure people toward ravines or swamps or caves where they make their lairs. Um, foglets can also take on a sort of immaterial form, like that of fog, and uh, basically create like fog doubles of themselves. Yes, to just continue to disorient you. They're they're pretty nasty. Um, people actually warn. There are there are entries in the world of like travel guides of mm-hmm. people suggesting that if night ever catches you in the swamps, stay put and wait for dawn, even if it means standing waist deep in water with leeches crawling down your trousers. Most important of all, if you see a light in the fog, never and I mean never go toward it. Yeah, they can make these doubles. They can make they can go invisible within the fog. They can make their own fog. God. They're they're nasty. They're rough boys. Yeah. Which also suggests, like, an intelligence to them as well, right? Like, they have this ability to hunt and and deceive. A tactical hunting mind. Mm Mm-hmm. They can manipulate and deceive the senses. Like like wolves. Like wolves? Like wolves. Yeah, all right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. God, they're gross. Yeah, they have powerful arms and claws. What makes them truly dangerous is their mastery of deception, beguilement, and disorientation. Many times, they need not attack at all, instead simply driving their prey to madness or into boggy marshlands, after which they patiently wait for it to drown in the muddy waters. Ew. Yes. Now, they they do have, uh, with, with such specific strengths, come some uh, weaknesses. Um... Foglets, uh, you know, preventing them from turning invisible is kind of your number one uh, move against them. And there are certain, like, explosives, such as moon dust, that can uh, cover them in little shards of silver to prevent them from turning invisible. Uh, Like a fairy fire. A little bit like a fairy fire. There's little traps you can lay with signs that the witchers know uh, to force their corporeal forms to appear. And, of course, your go-to oil, the necrophage oil, will uh, keep you nice and safe. But, really, it's just all about that awareness, that, that tactical awareness. Situational oh, awareness. Make sure you don't get surrounded. Man, everything likes to surround you. I'm definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit that says that when fighting fog, that's a witcher, must remain calm and keep his wits about him, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And, man. Because this is fog. very much a one misstep and you're screwed kind of creature but yeah I love foglets I think they're rad so what would you say to someone who is interested in a foglet Mm -hmm. I think foglets would make really good allies to necromancers Mm. because necromancers are going to have a lot of leftover bits human detritus yeah bits (laughs) bits <laughs> uh, that the the foglet could eat and stay stay fed stay healthy um, and also they would just really help with the ambiance of a necromancer's cave yeah just with the fog but like foglets would make pretty good guards I imagine certainly ain't nobody not only for like obscuring where your hidden hideout is but if anyone's gonna like try to creep into that fog, then uh oh, like well, like also like they're good at like driving people. It says like driving people like apart, like in groups and stuff. So like mm-hmm. they can also just like drive people like away 
from like your cave. For sure. Like if someone's getting too close, it's like you know, it's like like a weird spectral sheepdog, but for people. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's good. A really mean sheepdog. A very like like Babe, but icky, an icky Babe. Babe was a pig. Yeah, but he wanted to be a sheepdog. Oh, yeah, you're right. That was like the whole premise of the movie. Griffin. I, <laughs> bah, ram I told you, you all that. I told you before we started. I'm very tired. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no. Oh, Babe, what a pig. What a that'll do, pig. Thanks, thank you, James Comra. Uh, oh God, what's his name? I can't. Help James you Cromwell for very not good. killing Babe. <laughs> we all, we've all very much appreciate it. Yeah, Foglets, I think would also be great rave hosts. Yeah, the built-in fog machine, man. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was like, man, we could have put them in the party pack. Can you then? Like, tape some gels to their chest. Oh, man. To change Get the color it. of the light that they emit. Yeah, I, could we manufacture, and de- well, develop and then manufacture mm-hmm. some sort of, like, like an apparatus that you put around your foglet, okay? This is the kind of bullshit I'm here for. Let's go. Um, and the apparatus, it's got uh, you know, a, a, some sort of power pack that can, like, change the color of, like, the the opacity uh, mm-hmm. uh, on the front so that you can have the the color always change while this light's going so it's just like cool light show and you know you, it's just, you're just like, picturing the same thing I am yeah just like a fader almost between all yes, the colors exactly like a prism yeah and it's yeah that'd be fantastic and then that way you got light coming all over the place and the fog's rolling in if you could somehow work lasers in you know how tso does like the lasers over the fog and it looks all like cool yeah it's like a it's instead of instead of a foam party it's a fog party oh man yeah yeah yeah. fog party tm 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 tm, trademark that shit that's ours It's ours, baby. Next party pack. Get it ready. You hear that big rave? Fog party's ours. We got a fog party. Get out of here with your glow sticks and and contact juggling or whatever it's called. Um, they're called flow artists. Flow artists. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Rin, uh, for for my knowledge of such things. Oh man, fog is <laughs> weird, bro. Foglets are weird, but but Zach and Griffin's multiversal fog party. Um, I think Check it might it be the next big thing. God, Coming especially if we, especially if we host that in the beach rag. Oh man, because that's it's going to be super haunted to begin with because there's oh, going to tropi- be foglets here, and then uh, tropical foglets. That's a thought. Oh, tropical um, foglets. They they have like Tommy Bahama like shirts on, <laughs> and. And and like a like a trilby with some sunglasses, yeah, and like and like the the sunscreen on like its the nose. nose, yeah. If it has a nose, I think there actually might be a cavity where its nose is. Yeah, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like Johnny Depp in the um, in the uh, fuck, what's that movie called? Hold on, The Libertine, where he loses his nose to syphilis, uh, and then has like that. The, it's a whack ass movie, um. Because that's what happens when you get syphilis is sometimes you lose your nose. Or at least in the olden times. Um, don't How? ask. I don't know. <laughs> How does that happen? But they, but these very fancy, like, 
plates like that you would wear, kind of akin to an eye patch, but over your nose. And mm-hmm. so it would give you still the shape of a nose, but if you took it off, you'd have no nose there. Yeah, I've seen like nowadays, like there was uh, someone who lost her nose from su- for some reason, but there was like a, they had like a magnet sort of thing, oh. like mounted to the bone there that they would like sit a prosthetic on. Weird, and it would like magnet to to the face yeah. and be like a nose, and it huh. looked pretty good. It was like hell yeah, all right, yeah. I don't Fun know facts. why. Yeah, I don't know. I was trying to look up see why syphilis kills your nose, but I have no idea why. And I'm not gonna, nah, we'll look it up later. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to waste episode time on that. <laughs> That's fair. So, foglets. So I think the real takeaway here is um, don't buy any of our foglets. We need them for the fog party. We need them for the fog party, yes. <laughs> Though if you want to become a patron of the fog party, then we can talk. Yes. Awesome. So that you can throw your own fog parties. Precisely. Spon- spons- not, well, not sponsored, but inspired by yes. Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Fog Party. <laughs> Beautiful. I love so, I love the fog party. I love it so much. So our last creature is a basilisk. And I know what you're thinking. Wait. But Zach, Griffin, you've but done basilisks already. We've done basilisks already. I know, Griffin, but this is a different basilisk. Are you sure? Yes, I'm very, very sure. Okay. Now the basilisk that we had talked about was from the Forgotten Realms, a very um, size of, like, a, a, a small pony mm-hmm. with, like, s- six or eight legs, I don't remember. Very sort of stout creature. We had talked what? about it, like, breakdancing. Yeah. Did they have that many legs? I don't remember It this. had a lot of legs. Look I thought it, it was up, like bro. a chicken. No. That's this one. I'm talking about the Forgotten Realms one. I'm yeah. Tra- I'm drawing. Yeah, no. Oh, I'm thinking of, sorry, I'm thinking of cockatrice. No, that, that's a cockatrice. That's the one that looks like a chicken. That one definitely looks like a chicken. No, basilisk. Thank you. You're welcome. But yes, I think we had made a goof about them doing b-boy moves at one point. Yep, b-boy basilisk. That's the name b-boy of the B-boy basilisk. And uh, this one is nothing like that. <laughs> so this one um, does, as you were kind of saying a little bit there, Griffin, does kind of look like a chicken. Um its face is very bird-like. It has the the, the sort of uh, what's the word? gizzard the under gizzard. the the gizzard under the lower beak and sort of the crest on the the between the eyes and onto mm-hmm. the back of the head, um, but re- resembles a more I guess draconic version of like what a griffin might look like in this world as well. So yeah, the, I'm trying to find the best way to describe it. So well, they it are very, they are draconids. They right? are draconids, yes. So, they are exactly. akin to dragons. dragons. Yes. So they have sort of um, a, a smaller set of legs, um, and the upper body, the the shoulders, and the arms are built a little beefier. Mm-hmm. Um, and on each uh, arm is a set of wing. Well, a wing. So yeah. creating a set of wings. <laughs> yes. Now. Oh goodness! I gotta go. I gotta do a little bit of reading here. I don't remember. Do can these basilisks turn people to stone? Um, I don't think so. I think like a lot of other draconids of their ilk, they are also highly poisonous. Yes, this one um, I believe it does say that it spits uh, venom mm-hmm. out at people. 
So I don't think that they can inherently turn people to stone. There might be something in the fiction we don't know about where that oh, yeah, poison... It says, right, it says right here, contrary to popular belief, basilisks cannot turn anything to stone with their gaze. Hey. So, so that is a small comfort. However, given that their acid, venom, claws, and teeth provide them many other ways to kill. <laughs> so um, they live in dark, damp places like um, old cellars, caves, or like sewers. Fuck. They tend Sorry. To- Hang on. Can you just picture one of these things? You open up a basement. Like It's like, ah, yes, I hear there was a lost collection of wine here from uh, uh, the early 500s. And oh, fuck. There's just a basilisk down there. And, and then you're devoured. Yeah, that would be awful. Go down to, to, to get your, uh, like, store of ramen noodles that you've had. <laughs> just in case of an emergency, you yeah. know? And then you don't come back out of your basement. And there's, there's just, they're like... Because <laughs> it, like exactly, it looks like a chicken. I just uh, beefed my audio so hard. It says they hunt by day, waiting patiently in the hiding uh, for the prey to come, and then jump out in a flash to unleash a deadly attack. Yeah. Yeah. When preparing to fight, uh, the, uh, so here's some, yes, some uh, 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 word I'm looking for, some uh, precautions you could take. Mm-hmm. So much like with the Andriga, you can uh, drink a, a little bit of Golden Oriole if you are, are a witcher. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, a Golden Oriole would kill you. Probably. Um uh, which will pres- uh, provide resistance to the poison, and um, also having uh, some uh, a couple different types of bombs might be helpful. That uh, describes dancing star, which honestly I'm having a hard time remembering what they do. It's a fire bomb. Oh, gotcha. So a dancing star or, or some shrapnel bombs, um, which are good for uh, you know keeping it at bay. Uh, need be. Mm-hmm. It says the basilisk leather is highly valued uh, material used in fashionable shoes and women's handbags. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very, I like how it very specifically calls out shoes. And, I don't know why. The, I don't know why. Yeah, but I don't know why the shoes in particular gets me. It says for uh, this reason, many men their courage uh, girded, girded, G I R, gird your loins. I guess girded by gold lust take to hunting them. Most of these hunts end in a disaster. But some do manage to bag their prey, which has led to a drastic decline in this creature's number in recent years. Hmm. Hmm. Some mages and druids are uh, of the opinion that basilisks should be included in programs meant to safeguard dying species. So like a a continental uh, endangered species list sort of thing. It says that other people think that they've gone completely mad, so that's fun. That's fair. Um, now, they are vulnerable to uh, what witches would know as the igni sign, so fire and uh, other use of the fire. The burning. Um, it's, uh, but, uh, but, 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 yeah, it says that uh, a well-timed use of a bomb or, or a burst of flame could bring down a flying basilisk to your ground level where you can uh, uh, and distract it from being able to properly defend itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it says they're very skilled at using their wings and their talents uh, uh, on their feet in the same fashion to that of the cockatrice. Yeah, because the cockatrice is also considered a draconid in this yes. world. Um, so they're so, Which again, they're very some... similar to in mm-hmm. this world, like a build. Yeah. I think it's interesting and something to touch on is that, like, we made, we made a whole mention of witchers are people, you know, genetically engineered, essentially, to fight monsters. But yeah. it's not like if you're not a witcher, you're boned. It's just that you're most likely screwed. Yes. Um, so the fact it will that be like significantly harder for you. Yeah. The fact that there are people who would go out like I can imagine a, you know, kinda like 
small time noble lord drinking with his buddies they all like you know got big dick energy and they grab their swords and like we're gonna go hunt a basilisk and then maybe the they succeed version of friends who are like we should buy a bar <laughs> it's like we should hunt a basilisk I mean, we should totally hunt a basilisk i mean kind of you know, drunk on courage and setting out with your swords. Like, they might lose three or four buddies along the way, but they may probably kill the basilisk and, you know, give their wives a handbag. <laughs> Made of its leather. So, basilisk hmm. leather, there's another thought I had. Basilisk, basilisk leather is highly valued. How do you think... And maybe this is a little outside of our what we normally discuss about monsters... If that's the case, I apologize. You think basilisk is good eating? I mean, I don't know. With them being that like venomous, I'm looking at the I doubt I was just it. Looking at the the chicken wing kind of idea of that's a big wing. I mean, yeah, but much like, and I'm gonna draw to our sister show another path here. When Mordecai decided to eat that chewel, um, there was a very good chance he would have been poisoned because mm. it was a very poisonous creature. So, I'm feeling with all this venom and its glands and stuff, I mean, it might in, not be the best idea. In our world, upon this plane, UTP, yes, UTP, there are poisonous things that are prepared for eating that are considered delicacies. Like, like the blowfish. Like sea urchins and shit like that. I mean, yeah. I'm just, I'm not saying people should do it. Because it sounds like they're already in danger as it is. But I'm just... Just a thought experiment. What does a basilisk chicken wing taste like? Chicken? I mean, it kind of looks like a chicken. Barbecue basilisk wings? See, I, I'm more of a buffalo, but that's, that's yeah, just see, me. I'm not a buffalo. I hate buffalo so much. Oh, I love buffalo. It's I hate so it. Good. So it's smell. The smell can't even do it. Um, this is my This fair. is my hot take of the day. Buffalo sucks. It doesn't suck. You just don't enjoy it. I, to me, it there, sucks. There is a difference. That's what I meant. <laughs> you fucking know that. I'm, not, I, I'm defending my I'm wings I'm not yucking your goddamn buffalo yums. But, okay. As long as you're not yucking my yum. I'm not. I'm just saying. I don't want... I don't keep yum, your... Yum, 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 keep yum, your yum, yums yum. away from my yums. <laughs> but, but what if... I want my yum to be with your yum. I want our yums to be together. I don't consent to this. <laughs> and the great yum in the sky. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, basilisks. Um, I mean, they, much they, like they, with they anything, if, if you, you can manage to get a you know a, to train one when it's young, I'm sure it would be more than happy to be a good pal to you. Yeah, encountering one in the wild and taming it may be a mighty different story. Um, I wonder if there are other monsters because there there are a lot of monsters that uh, are considered you know fully a lot more intelligent and sentient. Mm-hmm. I wonder if um, like Sylvans, yeah, or Godlings, or um, even like Succubi or Greater Vampires. Um, I wonder if or trolls, dude. Uh, there it is. I want a troll and a basilisk to be friends, basically. I want yeah. the troll to somehow tame a basilisk and for them to be friends. Chicken dragon, come with me. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Because they're oh, made of rocks. Oh. You can't poison a rock. 
That's fair. You also can't take a good chunk at like a ch- yeah. chomp at a rock. You're fine. Oh it's man, fine. I want to see a, a Milo and Otis inspired story, uh, mm-hmm. inspired story of of the basilisk and the troll. Hell yeah, dude. Oh man. But yeah, there's not really alignments per se in the continents, at least in the Beastie Book. Um, so we can't really throw out our really our really cool catchphrase with the the great musical sting associated with it. Um, but I guess like there's an exception to every monster. Eh? Yeah, you never know, right? It, it is a thing from. Geralt, the the Witcher of the series, that he only hunts and kills violent monsters, yeah, and has been known to at times spare those who were accused by someone unwillfully, uh, a, a more sentient monster caught up in the crossfire of things, and is just a, a, an innocent at large in all of this, or at least in the immediacy of it all. So. Mm-hmm. Not all monsters are evil in this setting, in this in this world, but... They those, are just monsters. Yeah. The, the, a lot of the ones that we have touched on that are a bit more primal, a bit more uh, base, don't really have the capacity for that. But you never know. Maybe that troll and that basilisk set a new trend of people befriending basilisks instead of hunting them. Maybe, um... Maybe Endriga's... Uh, no, nothing redeeming by Andrikas. That's all I got. Well, all right, that's all you got. <laughs> I don't know. I'm tired. Look, I'm tired, Zachary. I know, but we've been having a lot of uh, midday naps in the hammocks here, the B trig, and I feel you're making you. me work. I'm. You know what? We got to do the show. Yeah, you're right. I mean, but with that, <sighs> I feel like that's the end of our. That's the end of our usual four, my friend. Oh. So your sleep hey. is coming soon. Yay! Now, folks, those were our creatures for this episode. Thank you so much again for coming back to Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where your your number one stop your your shit. Your one stop mm, one stop shop, is that right? Sure. One stop stop shop. Your number one one stop shop for any and all fantastical creatures and spooky monsters. Exactly. If you have uh, any questions or interest in learning about uh, any specific uh, uh, creatures or uh, sets of creatures from mm-hmm. a particular uh, universe or canon, yeah. anything like that, let us know by uh, uh, DMing us on Twitter at Pet Shop Cast. Yes, and yes. we'd be happy to talk about them here on the show. Absolutely, as we've done many times before. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we hope all you out there have just uh, are having a lovely a lovely Christmas if you celebrate Christmas, and if not, if not I hope the rest of your holidays were great. Yeah, whatever wintertime holiday suits your fancy, Hanukkah, the solstice, Festivus, uh, Yule, Qu- Kwanzaa happens around this time. Yes, yeah, Kwanzaa. Yeah, whatever your flavor go. is, uh, we hope it's just a a lovely time you get to spend with with loved ones. And um, maybe with us in your ears at some point, maybe on your on your travel. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, friends, thanks again for coming out. Mm-hmm. As always, I've been Zach. I've been Griffin, and just remember, everybody, at the end of the day, it's all about love, baby. 
<laughs> Christmas tune. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening to episode 29 of Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. If you've enjoyed the show, consider leaving a review or sharing us with a friend. You can find us as part of Ghostlight Media over at ghostlightmedia.net or on Twitter at Pet Shop Cast. On our website, you can find links to our merch store and Patreon page, which helps support all of the Ghostlight Media shows and all of the amazing people who create them. Speaking of which, thank you to our patrons Shogun, Zan, and Patrick for their support. We'd like to thank Nikki Does Puzzles for making our theme song. You can find her SoundCloud at Nikki Does Puzzles or Tuttle underscore Trouble on Twitter. We also want to thank our friend Rin for voicing the ads you hear on the show. You can find her at Rin underscore Moran on Twitter or as part of the Imprinted Echoes podcast over at Ghostlight Media. We'll be back in just two weeks with another episode. Thank you all for your continued support and all of the love you show for us. Happy holidays, and we'll see you all very, very soon. You know, in like two weeks. So, the normal amount of time, I suppose. Yeah, okay, bye. This has been a Ghost Light Media Production.